You say you love the believers? What is it costing you? It ought to cost you something. Sometimes it costs me my pride, my dignity to take the low road of humility. You're listening to Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Ford Jr., senior pastor of Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you're with us as today we continue to look at John chapter 13 and a message entitled, A Towel or a Title. You know, we say that we love people, right? But if we truly do love, that's going to be displayed by how we act and by what it may cost us. As Pastor Ford just pointed out, sometimes it does cost us something to love those around us because no longer are we doing what we think is best for just us. That may be the case at times, but if we're truly loving those around us, we're putting their self-interest, their well-being ahead of our own. And sometimes that may work out to our advantage, and sometimes that may not. But if we're truly loving those around us with the love of Christ, we are going to put them ahead of us. So that would be a great question for all of us to be asking ourselves today. If you say you love the believers, if you say you love your family, if you say you love your co-workers, your neighbors, those that you interact with daily, what is it costing you? And if it never costs you anything, are you really loving them? Well, let's look at this a little more as we open up our Bibles to John chapter 13 and continue the message, A Towel or a Title. Here is Pastor Ford. One of the biggest problems that we have in the church is when we play church and we're not being the church. Uh, Of course, this is just a building. Uh, Church is never in Scripture a building. Church is always the people. So we are the church. And the problem with the church is the church. I tell people facetiously, you know, the job of pastor would be the greatest job in the world if it wasn't for the people. And of course, you know, I'm just being facetious because if it wasn't for the people, you couldn't be a pastor. Uh, Who who is a shepherd and don't have any sheep? Uh, But suffice it to say, uh, when we when we look at how we do each other, I I have a friend. I'm not going to call his name. Some of you already know who he is. I've talked about him before, Uh, but he went to a church. They brought him here from down south and he came to a church and uh, the church started growing. And uh, uh, they had a vestibule uh, where they would set up coffee and uh, fellowship and they could have gotten about 20 to 30 seats if they would have tore that down and put chairs there. And that's what he wanted to do. He didn't think they were ready to go to two services yet. Uh, So he talked to his board. Uh, But uh, so the deacon said, no, we're going to leave that there. We're not we're not concerned about the growth. Now, most of the growth was people getting saved. So they're making room for new believers so they could be discipled. And I tell you, the things we fight about in church, what color is the carpet going to be and all that kind of stuff. Anybody, don't raise your hand, ever have somebody come up to you and say, you sitting in my seat. (laughs) And you're so gracious because before you were saved, you would say, I didn't see your name on it. But anyway, let me just go ahead. Let me just go ahead. Let me just go in. I'm trying. I ain't trying to start any trouble. I'm just trying to trying to talk about the word of God. That's all. And so he, he said, come on, we can have a meeting of the minds. What's more important, the coffee huh, or the Christian? 
And their answer was the coffee. Uh, because let me tell you how it escalated. It got so bad that they said, okay, we're gonna call for a vote. That means a vote of confidence that, that we're gonna tell the people what you're doing. You're trying to get rid of their coffee time and uh, we're gonna vote you up out of here because you want to remove the place where we drink coffee. Long story short, they got into it, bumping heads, and finally he just went ahead and did it. Came to church that Sunday, and the deacons were at all the doors. And when people start approaching to come in, the deacons did uh, like the little, little bangers, pulled up the jacket and showed uh, that they were strapped and said, you're not coming in here, had put chains on the door. And when the pastor came, they said, you either. So they called the police. And the police came, and it was all over the community. It made, of that south suburban community, it made the headlines on the Monday paper. Church splits. Pastor fights deacons. Deacons have arms. And then we wonder why people don't want anything to do with the church. Why in the world would your friend want to come to visit your church when you talk about it like you do? Oh, let me move on. I see. I ain't got, I ain't got nobody with me. So what's my point? My point is there's a dead monkey on the line somewhere that you and I, we got to acknowledge. Now, listen, if you're peripheral, you don't know what's going on in the inner circle. That is, if you only come some Sundays, you don't know what I'm talking about. And uh, you don't even have a clue about what's happening in terms of interacting uh, because you're not in any ministry. Uh, you don't come to Bible study. Uh, you, you, don't, you don't pick up your hand to do anything in the church, so you don't know that sometimes church work can be hard because of church people. Okay, I, I, I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. I mean, you know, you want to act like you don't know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And so we saw then that Jesus uh, is about to teach his disciples a lesson about servant leadership, about how we ought to interact with each other, how we are connected to each other, how we ought to see that we are a body, the body of Christ, and that, you know, as the song says, I need you and you need me and we're a happy family. Oh, that's Barney, right? Okay, all right. All right. Well, I knew it was close. I was close. I was close. And, uh, and so we said then that Jesus said, okay, you don't want to wash feet. I'll wash feet. And he gets up and he washes their feet. He's on his way to Calvary and he does it. And we said, if we're going to do that, we have to follow the model of the master. Well, what's his model? He took a towel not a title. He could have said, I'm the son of God. He had a lot of titles, over 700 titles in the Bible. You know, son of God, son of man, son of Abraham. I mean, over and over again, Lily of Valley, bright morning star. Y'all know all that stuff, all these titles, but he laid aside the title and picked up a towel and washed their feet and said, now 
this is how we are to act one with another. So then, remember, we said, how can Jesus do it? Because of his compassionate love. That is, if you and I are going to treat each other the way we ought to treat each other, then we must have the compassionate love of Christ. Because verse 1 says it was his love. Remember, it had four characteristics. It was an intellectual love. He knew who was going to betray him. He knew who was going to deny him, yet he washed their feet anyway. Verse 2 and verse 11. He knew it, but he did it anyway. It was an interdependent love. He realized they belong to me. My father gave them to me. So therefore, they're my body. I'm the head. Uh, then it was, it was an intrinsic love. It's based on who he is on the inside. God is love. I'm telling you, if it ain't in you, it ain't going to come out of you. Because it can only come out of you if it's in you. So the reason why ain't no love coming out of you, because ain't no love. Yeah. That's right. Show you're right. And so let me just bottom line it because I can't go back and we spent the whole time last week on verse one. But let me bottom line it this way. Say, how do I know I'm demonstrating the love of Christ? I know it's the love of Christ that makes me apologize when you play me. I ain't play you. Yeah, that's that. That's the love of God. The love of God. I know it's the love of God because I'm forgiving folk who should be asking me for forgiveness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the love of God when you're the one trying to reconcile, but you're not the one who broke the relationship. Oh, ain't nobody praying with me. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know you got the love of God when somebody look you in the eye, look you in the face. You see them look you. They look you and they walk by and don't speak. And you say something, hmm, I don't need you. I ain't speaking to you. Uh, shoot, you don't speak to me. I don't speak to you. But the love of God, they walking down the aisle and you don't want to say nothing. You smile and say, good morning. What, what makes you do that? Love, love, love will make you fix it when you didn't break it. Yeah, and that's what Jesus is saying. See, listen, listen, they hate it on you, but you pray for their needs anyway. You know that's the love of God. Come on, look at somebody and say, that's the love of God. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, go tell them, that ain't my love. Come on, tell them, that ain't my love. That's the love of God, child. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know. Let me make it plain because there ain't nobody feeling that. But you know, uh, your baby mama, she want to be bridezilla. But you do more than the child support tells you you have to do. That, that, that's God's love right there. That's, that's God. When you go beyond the child support, even though she hating on you and stabbing you in your back and trying to mess up your relationship you in right now, but you just can't help yourself because it's your child. Mmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, most measure love by their enjoyment, but we measure love by our sacrifice, not by our enjoyment. Say, so what do you mean, Pastor Ford? That is, most people, when they say they love you, they love you because how you make them feel. In other words, love costs. And if it's not costing you, it's not love. John 3, 16. Come on, everybody that know it in the King James. Come on with me. Come on. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's right. Love costs God his son. Love costs his son his life. Now, what's love costing you? You say you love her, what's it costing you? You say you love him, what's it costing you? You say you love the believers, what is it costing you? It ought to cost you something. Sometimes it costs me my pride, my dignity to take the low road of humility when I want to stand over and say, ah, 
Oh, you don't think pastors think that? Oh, oh, I'm so sorry to bust your bubble. No, but what do you do? Get on your knees. You pray for them, deliver them, save them, heal them. You're Jehovah Rapha. You go to the hospital. You pray for them. You say, what do you need? Anything we can do at all. That was the one that wanted to throw you out. That's the one that every time you have a vision, they undermine it. Boy, nice to know the pastors are human too, huh? You're listening to Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Ford Jr., a message entitled A Towel or a Title, and we'll get back to this teaching in just a moment. I know many of us are on the go this time of year. You may not be by your radio like you normally are. Well, you don't have to miss Pastor Ford's teaching. It's easy to listen on the go if you have the Moody Radio app. You can always hear Treasured Truth as well as other Moody Radio programs or internet radio stations. And you're going to find the app at your favorite app store like iTunes, the Amazon App Store, Google Play. And we'll link you to those when you come to our website. Just stop by treasuredtruthradio.org. And by the way, did I mention the app is free? Well, let's get back to the message. Once again, here is Pastor Ford. Let's move on so we can finish. Notice secondly, how could Jesus serve these disciples who, even though he was on the way to Calvary, wouldn't even serve him, wouldn't wash his feet. He's the king of glory. Well, because of his compassion, but then notice because of his confidence. That's the second one. And, and what, how does that apply for us? Our confidence in Christ and who we are in Christ. His confidence, listen to what it says. I'm going to read uh, one through three. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God, he rise from supper, laid aside his garment, took a towel, girded himself. Now, get this, get this. Look at the confidence of Jesus. Now, I don't have time to go through the whole thing, but if you're taking notes, here's what you see. Verse one, here's, I like this. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew his hour should come, the word know literally means to comprehend what's about to happen. Did Jesus know he's going to Calvary? Yes. Did he know he's going to die? Yes. So how could you serve them? Because I knew what I had to do. Jesus, what are you talking about? I know my purpose. I know my purpose. And when I know my purpose, you can't get me up off of my game because I know my purpose. I know why God brought me into the world. He said, uh, Luke 15, 10, the son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost. And they were lost when they wouldn't want to wash each other's feet, wash his feet. That's lost. And so what does he do? He's able to do that. Then notice verse 3a, b, 3b, 3c. He said it knew, he knew what he had, that God had given him all things. He knew his possessions. Then notice verse 3b. He knew where he came from. It says he came from God. Now, this does not speak of origin. The word from there speaks of essence. Say, what are you talking about? That he came from God, heaven. No, that's not his point he's trying to make that he came from God, his source is God. In other words, he's talking about, I know I'm God in the flesh. That's, that's what he's saying there. He's not saying, I know I came from heaven. He's saying, I know I'm God in the flesh. I know I'm equal to the Father in eternality, in essence, equality, and existence. I know that. 
So when you know who you are, you can serve. Then notice, he know where he came from. That's his person. He know where he was going. That's the plan. That's a good salvation message too. Do you know your purpose, what you possess, your person and your plan? It's like, I hear this all the time. You know, we're on all these radio stations and all of that. And we, 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 we're ministering around the world. And people will come and visit, like a woman who visited a couple of months ago from Florida, and she got a chance to say something to me. She said, yeah, I hear you all the time. It's great teaching. And I, but I, when I came to your church, I was wondering, where are all the people? I thought this church would be bigger than that. Now, let me just go, go ahead. That used to bother me to no end. And I would question God. Yeah, where are they? Yeah. How come we're not a mega church? You know the answer I got back? Because except the Lord build the house, they that labor, labor in vain. That's why you got who I want you to have. You got as many as a, now here's the problem, the real problem ain't how many people you got. The real problem is you feeling uh, a low self-esteem based on what you think you're able to do. Yeah, and you know what? I, I, don't have that, I don't have that problem. I really don't have that problem. Thank God I don't have that problem anymore. No, I don't have that problem because what God has for me is for me. And I, and I said, man, you know, we got to look at this thing and say, hey, now, now listen, it's not because I don't know what to do. Oh, I know, quote, unquote, how to grow a church. All I got to do is say, oh, you know what? I, I misquoted the scripture. I took it out of context. So I'm going to start ordaining women as pastors. Uh, yeah, I'm going to start doing that. Uh, and then, oh, preach more prosperity. Preach, pre listen, God wants you healthy, wealthy and wise. Tomorrow, uh, next Sunday, I'm preaching how to get wealthy. We don't have a few problems. We're not going to have it. Oh, yeah, I know. Now, now, I'll fill the place up. Now, none of you would be here but I fill the place up and wouldn't have to ask for anything. All I got to do is tell them, you give us a hundred, God going to give you a thousand. We'll never have a problem with any finances. And I know that to be true because I know some of the pastors that preach that and they don't, they don't have to ask for money. They set it up so that you feel if you ain't doing it, then you cheating yourself. Now that's true, but not the way that they're talking about. So yeah, I know what to do now. Yeah, but see, here's what I know. One day I'm gonna stand before Jesus Christ and he's gonna ask me, what did I do with his word? And he gonna get me for a lot of stuff, but I guarantee you, I'm striving that he not gonna get me for messing with this. Amen. And so what are you saying? It's we got to know who we are. See, Jesus knew who he was, what he had, his possession, his purpose, his person, his plan. And nobody can get you off your square by what they do. See, I know who I am. I'm not intimidated by anybody. I'll bring, I don't care. I, you know what I try to do? I don't try to bring somebody in here. I had a pastor friend and I, I just castigated him. I said, you're wrong, wrong, wrong. Here's what he told me. He said, when you on vacation, who you let preach? I say, I find the best. When I, when I want to do revival, I find the best. Anytime I want anything taught, I try to get the best. He said, not me. 
He said, when I go on vacation, they glad to see me come back. I said, why? He said, because I find the worst preacher I could find. And when, when I get back in four weeks, everybody, Pastor, we're so glad you're back. I said, well, you know what? I want to tell you what my goal is. My goal is that when they walk up in here and Pastor Ford ain't here, they don't go to their car and drive to another church. They say, Pastor Ford ain't here, but Brother Avery preaching today. All right. Uh, hey, we going to get a good word, as good as Pastor Ford, and we going to get out early. We gonna get out early. <laughs> yeah, you wanna know why? It, it doesn't bother me. I've got many students who have, who have outgrown the teacher. And I tell them, I say, man, you've outgrown the teacher. You a bad somebody. I tell Mike Thompson all the time, you a way better preacher than I am, brother. Way better. I tell Kenny Grant all the time, you know, hey, no, brother. No, you just got it natural. You know, yeah, I ain't no shame in my game because I, I know who I am. Amen. Amen. I ain't got to compete with Pastor Green. I ain't got to compete with Pastor Burress or anybody. Because, hey, hey, come up. Let me whisper this. I got to tell y'all something. I love me some me. Yes, sir. And you know what? I know I am. Somebody. Yeah, I grew up in the ghetto, but the ghetto didn't grow up in me. I am somebody. Down with dope, up with hope. I am. <laughs> now, now, here's what gets us. Here's what gets us. What gives us insecurity? And let me just say this. If you're not content in who you are, you will not be content with who you want. See, if you're not content with what you have, you won't be content with what you want. <laughs> a half a man and a half a woman make a half a relationship. And how many know that a half a man and a half a woman is a whole mess? But what a powerful reminder from Pastor Ford today that we need to learn to be content with what God has entrusted to us. You're listening to a message entitled, A Towel or a Title, as we take a look at John chapter 13. And if you miss any broadcast in the series, you can always find it when you come to our website, treasuretruthradio.org. Well, presenting teaching that can change your life and aid you in your spiritual growth. You know, that's really the heart of our ministry here at Treasure Truth. God's Word never changes, and when it's clearly taught, the wisdom never becomes stale. And you can do your part in putting these teachings on the air by joining our faithful team of monthly partners. You know, as the name implies, a monthly partner gives a monthly gift to ensure the ongoing ministry of Moody Radio. And we're incredibly grateful for those of you who are already committed to this partnership. But if you're not a monthly partner, I want to invite you to do so right now. Just call us at 888-644-7660. Or if it's easier, go online to treasuredtruthradio.org. Well, when you become a monthly partner by AutoGift at a level of $30 or more, we're going to show you our thanks by giving you a 50% discount to Moody Publishers. That means that when you're looking for a Bible study tool or a, even a Bible or a devotional, you can always come to our website and enjoy the significant discount. 
Take advantage of the special offer when you become a monthly partner today. Maybe you're looking for some resources on becoming the man or the woman that God wants you to be. Well, you're going to find books like The Ten Commandments of Marriage by Ed Young and digital resources like the A.W. Tozer Electronic Library. There's something for everyone at Moody Publishers. Call 888-644-7660 or go to treasuretruthradio.org. Well, I'm Steve Hiller. Our producer is Amy Rios. And Thursday, Pastor Ford continues more with this message entitled, A Towel or a Title. Listen to Treasure Truth, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.